Hi, this is Glory with Successful Marketing Group. I have worked with local businesses for over 10 years, and I'd love your help in supporting local Twin City restaurants right now. This month, I'd like to spotlight Pimento Jamaican Kitchen in Minneapolis. They are a committed supporter of their community and serving authentic, delicious Jamaican food using family recipes and fresh ingredients. My favorite is the slow-roasted jerk pork, and the jerk chicken is pretty great, too. Go to my Instagram at SuccessfulBizOwners for more info on them. This week, we are doing two Cheryl Reeve shows. The first one earlier this week just reported on some of the obvious moves that the Lynx have made in building what might be a championship caliber team. Uh, this, for this show, I wanted to get a little more behind the scenes, talk about how Cheryl recruited certain players, uh, what her relationship is like with certain players, how they fit in, and just, I want to go big picture here. Uh, you know, when the dynasty got broken up, I think a lot of people, including myself, thought that the, the Lynx were going to be in for a long, slow rebuild, that you know, even just being a playoff team might be difficult. And here we are sitting here in February of 2021, and it looks like Cheryl, as the general manager, has built a team that Cheryl, the coach, is going to win big with. Uh, let's get into all of that here. Once again, this is part of the TalkNorth.com podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod. Thank you to our newest sponsor, Rudy Luther Toyota. You've always heard about them. You know the deal, but we we really want to welcome them and thank them for supporting this show and this network. Thanks, as always, to Gloria Ramsey of Successful Marketing Group and Cara Quinn, your local VibeMN.com realtor. So, Cheryl, let's start here. McBride is is such a, a great player and such a big piece. Obviously, the obviously the money's got to be right. The contracts has got to be all right. But I got the sense listening to you talk earlier this week that there's always a personal side to this. How did you go about connecting with uh, McBride? How, how well do you know her? What did you do in terms of personal touches to kind of make her feel wanted here? Yeah, you know, in addition to, you know, all the things that you just mentioned, I always always say that timing is, is also a very big factor in these things and in, in that a player uh, being really ready, uh, you know, really certain that they're looking for something else. Uh, and then obviously us, timing-wise, being in a position to capitalize on that uh, from a financial standpoint. And, and that's what we saw with Kayla. Um, you know, we, you know, last year, you know, we, we kind of, you know, the sense was that uh, there was a decision for Las Vegas to make uh, with regard to Kayla and their salary cap, um, you know, because they're, they're, Vegas is a good team paying a lot of players and um, they were going to have to make a decision and it was very possible she would be unrestricted. Uh, without being cored uh, in this coming year. And so uh, I, I've been around Kayla a little bit, uh, you know, certainly as competitors for a long, long time. Um, and, and uh, you know, her days in San Antonio being coached by Dan Hughes, uh, Dan and I being close, I, I was, you know, I had a pretty good understanding about Kayla and I had some other connects in San Antonio uh, that I felt like I knew Kayla before I really knew Kayla. And, and then certainly, um, you know, in, in recent times uh, with USA Basketball, you know, being in timeouts with her, you know, you just get kind of a different perspective on players. We didn't spend a lot of time together talking about, um, you know, any, any future. It wasn't necessarily that. It's just, you know, kind of like like what's Kayla about? And, and you know, I know she spent some time in the bubble uh, like a lot of the players did and, and then certainly a lot of the coaches did. You know, you're looking around. You're looking around and see, and you're learning more about people, you know, um, you know, taking that opportunity to, uh, you know, think about, 
you know, I, I kind of made a list and I said, who, who are WNBA desirables? You know, who, who have I learned enough about that? I go, you know, I, I'd really like to have them on the links. And, you know, Kayla was certainly one of those players and, and, uh, you know, just the, the things that I heard about her in terms of how competitive, uh, hates to lose, you know, th- th- those are, those are, you know, kind of buzzwords for me that, you know, kind of immediately attach me, uh, to a player and, and, uh, you know, Kayla, I think, just needed to know um, that there was a, an important place for her on our roster. And, um, you know, opportunity, not only, you know, in terms of uh, minutes and, you know, a big role, but also that she would be improving as a basketball player. And, and those were all things that were important to us. And, and we talked a lot about. What's she like? How would you describe her personality? You know, pretty, pretty simple. Um you know, straightforward. Uh, that's something that both Natalie and Kayla, I think, shared. Uh, really understands what she wants. Um, very close to her family. Uh, you know, something that I that I find endearing. You know, that's what I want to know too. Is kind of look at that inner circle. What does it look like? Uh, how does she spend her time? And and family's really important to her. Uh, therefore, they're they're important to us. You know, so it was you know beyond recruiting Kayla. There's there's an element to recruiting the family as well and wanting them to be a part of this. And, uh, so simple. She, she enjoys, uh, baking. Um, and I'm, I'm super excited because one of the things she likes to make is a carrot cake cupcake. Mm. <laughs> so I'm super excited about this. There was, uh, you know, some interest there, you know, some ways that I think that we could, uh, kind of, you know, drive that interest a little bit. We, we've got some strong connections locally with, with some chefs and, bakers and and um you know i, I think that would be something she wants to kind of pursue a little bit further you know the, the the cooking and baking and um you know so just kind of getting to know her better i what i learned and i'll tell you what when we signed her i i, I got a, a gazillion messages uh, about uh people that were just super excited uh, for us to to partner together and uh and just raving uh, about uh what, what kayla stands for and how hard she's going to work and so yeah, and she's straightforward. Just wants to work, wants to win. You know, th- those are those are two big things. I, I like that. Uh, I believe you sent some kind of a gift basket. Is that right? Yeah, that was. You know, I I, sh- I should have told Kayla. You know, media is going to really get excited about that kind of stuff. And uh, it's fun. You know, yeah, it is. You know, I guess it's a it's a it's a it's a different look at things. And um, yeah, you know, I think just kind of expressing. Uh, you know, each team has different ways of expressing their interest in in players, and um, each team has their own kind of trade secrets, if you will. I think is what Kent called them. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, we wanted to make it clear to Kayla how we felt about her very early on in the process. There was, there was not going to be any gray area, and um, and and I think you know we we spent a lot of time together in the first two days of free agency as far as conversations and, you know, spent some time, you know, communicating with her family. And so I, I spent, you know, probably the better part of the first three days through that. I think free agency started on a Friday. So pretty much, you know, that Friday through the weekend, it was very Kayla McBride centric and uh, you know, as well as Natalie. So um, yeah, it was good. Cause you really, we really felt like we got a lot done and really understood uh, the other. And, and uh, I guess she appreciated the, the package, you know, kind of a care package from the, from the U S <laughs> I'm going to ask you Minneapolis how, uh, in particular. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good. And, hey, it's a good place to highlight. We have great restaurants and great bakeries, great everything here. Uh, let me ask you how she fits in the offense. Do you want to remind people you can listen any way you like to talk North or the Cheryl Reeve show. We appreciate our listeners. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. And if you'd like 
to advertise, you know, anybody would like to advertise with the show or the network, you can always reach Karen Cleary at K-C-L-E-A-R-Y at talknorth.com. It strikes me that she's going to fit very well into your offense because you know how to get shooters open. Is that oversimplifying or how would you phrase it? Well, I think probably more importantly is Kayla knows how to get herself open. Um, I think that, you know, something that I feel like might have been an element that was missing to our offense and I think it's going to make uh, Nafisa's life easier, Demiris's life easier, Sill's life easier. Uh, Natalie, you know, brings an element to, you know, get easier baskets because she can pass. As long as Kayla's moving um, and screening and, and, and she's got great footwork, her release is unbelievable. Um, we'll, we'll make some, uh, you know, really concerted effort on, on, uh, shot creation in terms of, you know, uh, kind of creating her own space in a variety of ways and, uh, and make sure on, you know, all this is done in a very efficient way. So, um, but yeah, I think, you know, I, you can envision now, you know, in our timeouts that, um, you know, our, our after timeout situations that we'll now be able to include once again, you know, guard play you know, in, in receipt of uh, pin downs and screens that you got to guard multiple actions. And, and, and those are, um, you know, very similar to actions that you saw us run uh, with Simone and Maya, you know, Kayla would resemble uh, those actions, those abilities. And uh, I know that's high praise. You know, those are two of the all-time greats, uh, but Kayla's a very talented player and, and, and she wants, uh, you know, to be in that, in that company. And, and that's, that's going to be a nice element to our offense for sure. Let's talk about Natalie next. We do want to thank Rudy Luther Toyota and welcome them to TalkNorth.com. Ready for a women-forward car dealership? Rudy Luther Toyota empowers their many women on staff in sales, management, and service. Whether you are looking for a new Toyota or pre-owned vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota has something for everyone. Every vehicle comes with a Luther Advantage. Ten cents off fuel and car wash discounts at holiday stations, Luther Advantage Warranty, and five-day return policy on pre-owned vehicles. Located just five minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, off 394 and General Mills Boulevard. And they're also hiring. Want to join the team but don't know where to start? Visit RudyLutherToyota.com today. And of course, we want, to welcome, uh, we want to continue to welcome and thank Cara Quinn. She works now with Vibe Realty, VibeMN.com. You can find her there. You can also find her on LinkedIn, Facebook, any place else you find quality realtors. Uh, reminder, she lives in the Tangletown neighborhood of Minneapolis. She speaks Italian at home. She, she developed a great appreciation for architecture when she was living in Italy. She came back home to Minneapolis and brought that that aesthetic with her. She knows the neighborhoods. She knows the architecture. She knows where you and your family would want to live if you're looking to buy or sell a home now or ever. Remember, Cara Quinn, C-A-R-A-Q-U-I-N-N. Again, at vibemn.com. You can find all of her information, contact information there. Uh, so Natalie made a point of saying that one of the things that attracted her to the links was the, the fact that you are dedicated to social justice. So, you know, if you could just share any conversations you had with uh, with Natalie on that subject or any others you feel like sharing. Yeah, well, I think the, the nice thing there was our work sort of uh, spoke for itself, um, you know, rewinding, you know, back to 2016, we were one of the first teams to use our voices and platform uh, around police officer involved shootings of Philando Castile and Alton Sterling. Uh, and so, you know, Natalie's been in the league uh, for a while. And so, again, it's a smaller league. You only have 12 teams, and you're well aware uh, of what other teams are doing. And, and Natalie is, 
uh, one of those players that, uh, from a leadership standpoint, from uh, taking initiative on things, um, you know, she she's somebody that's just really in tune to that. So I didn't have to do a lot of uh, sort of uh, selling on the idea of, you know, what we what we could be. It was more of, you know, she had the opportunity to look at who we are. Um, and, and so, you know, it was very tangible evidence of those things being important, um, you know, to our franchise, you know, not just to either me or Maya or other players, it's as an organization, our commitment to that. And that's important to her. And, and we certainly want players that uh, are more than just basketball players. And, and Natalie has proven uh, through the years that she's absolutely that. Earlier this week, you, you said that they, there certainly will be opportunities for Natalie and Syl to play next to each other. Uh, what will that? What do you think that will look like? Is one more of the uh, low post and the other, you know, floating? Or you know, I guess you know, I mean, you're the coach. You tell me how, how that works best offensively. Yeah, I think anytime you're on the floor with Syl, what's best is you have the ability to not be in the post because Syl's going to be in the post. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, and then I think uh, for Natalie. Um, you know, an evolution to her game, you know, she's, she's, uh, you know, very, very capable from that 15 to 17 foot range, but then also uh, has shot more threes, you know, recently. And um, that's certainly the next layer to her game to be able to really space the floor and be able to be, um, you know, kind of interchangeable, you know, so whether it's her and, and Syl or whether it's her and Fee, her and Dantas, um, you know, Natalie's probably uh, her, her ball movement, her screening, her passing, uh, those are those are things you can do away from the basket. You know, it's not just about shooting the ball. Uh, you know, it's the work you can get done to to help your team get uh, easy open shots. And and Natalie very much stands for that. You don't have to uh, you know run plays for Natalie for her to be effective. You know, she's she's going to do all the little things. She's going to get on the glass. Uh, and so I think to play with Syl, you know, to be a facilitator, obviously, certainly to to make entry passes, uh, but also to create space you know, to, to attract her player further out so that still has, has more space. And, um, you know, again, this, these are players that are, you know, um, about to hit their prime. They're not there yet. They're this next contract, this next period of time is their prime. Uh, and so, you know, they're very aware of what needs to, to happen in terms of improvement and, and we're excited. we got a great staff and, um, you know, I think for Natalie, you know, building on, on her offensive skill is something she very much is, is interested in and, um, and you got to, you know, the name of the game in this league as jobs get harder and harder to come by uh, is to be versatile and, and to be able to carve out value. And, and Natalie has done that and, and, and certainly, you know, has more she could build on. Well, and that segues right into what the big picture topic for today is. Again, when, you know, you had a bunch of Hall of Famers on your team and you're winning championships and all of a sudden, you know, people retire uh, and people move on. It just the way sports work, we just expect there to be at least a lull, if not a complete rebuild. And here you are just a couple of years later with not just a really deep, talented roster, but as you said, you're adding players in their prime, people who might be able to help you for a good long run here. I mean, do you think, you know, I'm just trying to set it up so you can phrase it however you like. Do you feel like you've set up this franchise where you can contend for championships again? Well, that's the name of the game. And and I, you know, I remember our conversation, my, myself and Glenn, you know, kind of talking about what was next. Uh, you know, we, we knew what was to come following the 2018 season. 
uh, with regard to, uh, we weren't sure about Brunson and, you know, whether she'd be able to recover and want to play again, but we certainly knew about Lindsay. Um, we, we had an idea on the Maya situation and, and so things were changing very quickly. And then, you know, uh, tw- by the time we got to 2019, the start of the season, you know, we, we lost what 60% of our, our starting lineup. And, and, uh, I remember saying to Glenn, um, you know, if you looked at the roster following the 2018 season, there was a lot of work to be done. Uh, to try to kind of, you know, either buoy or sort of hold up uh, this franchise. You know, it was getting heavier <laughs> to, uh, to to hold this thing up, you know, above our shoulders and continue to, you know, to be the class of the WNBA and, and, and to be a contender for championships. And, uh, you know, there's that decision to be made. And I told Glenn, this is his decision. This isn't my decision of what direction we go. I told him what I thought I would be best suited for. Uh, and that would be to, you know, and I, I believe I said to him, let me see what I can do. Let me see if I can, you know, uh, put us in position to not experience, um, you know, kind of going back to, you know, building it back up again and taking years to do so. Um, and, and so, yeah, a couple of years later, you know, I think we're, 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 we remain competitive. We remain a playoff team, but I think, you know, with, with this free agency period, again, the timing of the CBA and our availability and having openings and, and to, to be a, a franchise that people want to play for, uh, that, you know, we are, we put ourselves squarely back in the hunt. And, you know, Nafisa Collier in that draft was absolutely, um, you know, a blessing for this franchise. You know, sometimes you just get lucky. And, and you know, we were lucky to be uh, the number six pick in that draft. And, uh, to have, you know, Collier be the player that we were able to select uh, for her to turn out as well as she has, not only on the court, but what she stands for, um, you know, that it just, yeah, I mean, just a couple years later, it's it's gone as, you know, probably better than what, what maybe I had envisioned. Um, and uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're super proud of that. And, and I think, you know, free agents took note of that. Um, they know that Minnesota is going to be a winner. It's not something that you have to you know, sort of help them see some sort of vision that's never happened. Uh, they know it. We've proven it. They, they love the vibe of our team. You know, our team, I can't tell you enough about uh, how much of a draw they are, the players on this team. And, and uh, we're fortunate. And, and, you know, here we are as we go into, you know, the 2021 season, you know, we, we feel like we've got a team that people are going to talk about. Um, I don't know that, you know, we'll be picked to be the favorite to win a championship, but to be in the championship conversation, is something we're really proud of. Now you could have after the 2018 season said, okay, my work here is done. We won championships. There's no guarantee you can get back to that. It's just not that easy. It might be a long rebuild. You never know. Uh, did you ever consider just saying, okay, I'm going to take a little time off or I could get, go get another job uh, or was, was it just pretty much full speed ahead with the links? You know, for me, it was, I, I can't imagine doing something different. Sylvia Fowles is still here. And, um, you know, she, she has been, so I, I offer her the chance to, you know, be with a different team and her commitment was unwavering to this franchise. And, um, you know, I just, I, I can't, I, I don't have, um, you know, thoughts of being, uh, anywhere else. I did have a lot of people, uh, that were concerned <laughs> about me, uh, you know, continuing, uh, you know, in the franchise, knowing, you know, that, uh, it's tough to live up to. But I like that challenge. I like the idea of doing it. It's, it's what we preach to our players, you know, that uh, every, it's, it's easy when everything's going your way. 
and and you find out who you are when things don't go your way and and things get you know a little bit harder you learn so much more um and so yeah i mean i to me like the idea that you would you know say okay well we had some of the best players and we don't anymore so i'm going to do something else um you know i think it's defining as a coach um and and i think you know again my loyalty to this franchise and what it's meant to me and my family you know it just i wanted to you know, again, for Glenn, I just wanted to, you know, to have this, this, uh, this franchise continue to be one of the best in the league because of his commitment. And, um, you know, to, to this point, I, I, I feel really good that we've been able to continue to make him proud. We're going to be talking about more moves coming up, I would suspect. I think you have a very, you have a lot of options on your roster now. You have a very deep roster, a lot of talented uh, players and multiple talented players at, at a lot of positions. So it's going to be really fascinating to see what happens next. We'll be able to talk about more moves going forward. Uh, for today, let's uh, let's have some fun with some other topics. Uh, I know you're a big sports fan. I'm guessing you're going to watch the Super Bowl. Well, I'm sure hopeful. Um, yeah. I'm down. I'm down in Columbia, South Carolina, with USA Basketball, and our flights are going to be in the afternoon on Sunday. Mm. Uh, so I got to. I've got to figure out uh, how to make that work. And I very much would love to watch the Super Bowl. And um, you know, I'm an Andy Reid guy. Uh, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm an Andy Reid uh, person. And and uh, you know, it's time in Philadelphia. Uh, long been an Eagles fan as well as a Vikings fan, uh, but Andy Reid's time in that, in that franchise's history was some of my favorites. Um, you know, at the, at the same time, I, you know, the, the Tom Brady and really remarkable. I've long loathed the Patriots and Bill Belichick and, and Tom Brady as a result. Um, but there's something a little different, I think now in terms of how it's almost like how I felt about Tarasi. <laughs> you know, for, for years, you know, you just kind of love to hate and, you know, but you get to a certain point and you go, how in the hell can you just not respect the heck out of, you know, these players and really, you know, start to kind of grow in your, in your like for what they do. And, and so Tom Brady probably has kind of hit that a little bit uh, where you go, you know, if, if Andy Reid can't win it, you know, it's, it's not all bad that, that this, you know, cause I also think it gives, gives us hope that maybe somebody like Sylvia Fowles will to play till she's 43. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I, well, I'll tell you what, I don't really like Tom Brady. Of course you have to respect what he's done. There's no way around that. I don't really like the guy. Uh, I love Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. I love everything about him. All the way. Yeah. You know, and I, I knew, and I knew his father, which makes me you know, susceptible to liking him, but he's also earned it. He's just a great guy and, and maybe the greatest, maybe the best quarterback I've ever, not maybe he's the best quarterback I've ever seen. Uh, So I hope he has success and, uh, and continues to make the NFL a fun place. It's not always a fun place, but the other interesting thing I was going to bring up is Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians has made a point and he's made a point of talking about this week. He wanted to have a diverse staff. He has, you know, he has women, coaching on his staff and working in his organization. He has black coordinators and that was intentional. He thinks you're, they, they are a stronger organization because of diversity. And that's something you say all the time. Absolutely. And I was going to say, and so how can you not be, uh, you know, have this tug towards saying you want the guy that's doing everything right uh, in Bruce Arians. Um, you know, he, he doesn't have one yet. Reed already has one. So maybe, maybe that would be nice. And to, you know, to reward, it's exactly what we're talking about. It's proof. Proof is in the pudding. You know, when you diversify, uh, you know, you're stronger as an organization and give them so much credit. Uh, soon we will have an NFL general manager uh, that, that is female. Um, and, and Bruce Arians will be a big reason, big reason why. And, you know, for, 
I guess for that, uh, you know, he would deserve a, a uh, Super Bowl trophy. So let's uh, do a final thought from Cheryl. I'm also going to make a recommendation once again. We just want to thank everybody. Thank you to Rudy Luther Toyota. Thank you to uh, Gloria Ramsey and Successful Marketing Group. Thank you to Cara Quinn and our producer, Brandon Morton. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. Uh, spread the word. Rate us wherever you listen to us. Uh, whatever you can do to continue to promote our networks as we grow, we would appreciate it. Uh, I was flipping around last night. My wife was working late, and uh, I came across something on Netflix. I I can't remember. I know we've talked about it, but I can't remember what you said about, are you a New York City person or not? I'm not. I, I thought I so. I, yeah. I don't mind visiting, but yeah. In well, general, I would no. say <laughs> I am a New York City person, and I came across, uh, a, it's kind of like a serial documentary on Fran Leibovitz, and she's, mm. you know, she's great humorist, great writer, great, you know, not a stand-up comedian, but a, a, a comic presence. And she's, and she just sits and like walks around New York and talks to Martin Scorsese about her observations <laughs> of New York city. And it's wonderful. And it's, it's just this low key, her being her uh, talking to Scorsese, making Scorsese laugh. It's just great stuff. And if you look, it, it, it would be worthwhile, even if you don't love New York city, but if you love New York city, it just makes you miss the place. So I recommend that. Uh, and it's uh, the name of the documentary is Pretend It's a City. And that stems <laughs> from when she walks around and tourists like are looking at their phone or not, not or walking out in traffic or bumping into people. Her, her line to them is pretend it's a city. In other words, <laughs> know that you're in a place where you can't just walk around, look at your phone. You're going to run into your redhead first into 85 other people. So that's my recommendation for the day. Now, uh, sometimes you talk social justice. Sometimes you like to bring up something else. I want to give you your la the last word here. I'm I'm so uh, knee deep in in our our roster and and uh, you know things things that are next that uh, I'm not thinking about a lot of other things right now uh, and so I think you know we'll we'll leave the final thought uh, being your great uh, recommendation for a documentary. All righty. Well, enjoy the Super Bowl. I hope you get to watch it. Uh, thanks as always for everything. Again, thanks to everyone for listening. Check out all the other shows at TalkNorth.com if you are interested. And Cheryl and I'll be back next week. <laughs>